Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you here this morning. We're in Matthew 26 this morning. Matthew 26. And we're going to be reading verses 36 through 46. And the title of the message today is Prayer Will See You Through. Prayer Will See You Through. Beginning in verse 36 of Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying... My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again for the third time. For the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the proclamation of his word. In the last couple of years, there have been some who have criticized public officials and other people for offering thoughts and prayers to people affected by some horrific event. When there has been a school shooting or other mass shooting, there are those who say offering thoughts and prayers is basically a meaningless activity. Those who have made the criticisms seem to have a point in that if, if nothing substantial in policy changes and you don't do anything to prevent those events, then your thoughts and prayers are basically meaningless. And that's, that's pretty true, isn't it? If, if we pray for something but are not willing to do anything to see those prayers answered, then our prayers truly are meaningless. When we pray for anything, personally, anything in our lives, we must be willing for, uh, for God to use us as an answer to our prayer if He so chooses to do that. We must be willing to do things that will make a difference. However, as believers, we know that if you truly pray... And earnestly pray for anything with the willingness for God to use you if he so chooses. Those prayers make a difference. Those prayers make a difference. Jesus tells us in James 5.16. The prayer James tells us in James 5.16. The Holy Spirit actually tells us there. But anyway. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You see, true prayer is not meaningless words in the wind. 
True prayer often moves the hand of God to act and change circumstances, even miraculously. There are other times, however, when true and earnest prayers encounter situations where it's not God's will to change the circumstances we ask Him to change. We pray and God says, no, I'm not going to change those circumstances. Um, Michael Green wrote, there's a difference between prayer and magic. Magic seems to control cosmic powers. Prayer seeks to surrender to the will of God. At those times when we pray for circumstances to be changed and they don't change, prayer empowers us and enables us to endure any circumstances that we have to face in life. In the passage we read today, we find one of those circumstances in the life of Jesus. We find Jesus earnestly pleading for something that it was not God's will to change. Now, if anyone knew how to pray, it was Jesus, right? In his humanity, uh, Jesus taught us how to pray. In fact, his prayer relationship with the Father was continual and unbroken. Uh, In his humanity, Jesus set an example for us to make prayer and communion with God a priority. And on the night before the severest day of Jesus' life, Jesus prayed earnestly for circumstances to be changed. If it was God's will. Now, Jesus' prayer was heard, but his prayer on that night was not answered by the changing of circumstances. But it was answered because Jesus was strengthened for the mission that lay in front of him. From this event in the life of Jesus, we see the timeless truth, this timeless truth for all believers. God's Holy Spirit provides overcoming power to believers who pray. God's Holy Spirit provides overcoming power to believers in Jesus who pray. Never forget that prayer makes a difference. It can change circumstances and it will give us the power to endure when circumstances will not be changed. Jesus had initiated the first Lord's Supper and told his apostles that they would fall away from him on that night. The men closest to him would fail him on the night he needed them most. To prepare himself for the cross, Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane to pray. Gethsemane was a garden, an olive grove, where he and apostles could be alone and where he could pray. He left eight of his apostles at the very entrance to the garden and told them to sit while he went further into the garden to pray. He took his three closest apostles, his three closest earthly friends, Peter, James, and John, with him to go further into the garden. The burden of what was ahead was, come, was crashing down on Jesus. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Those words don't really um, portray to us the, the intense grief that Jesus was, was uh, sensing. And Jesus told his closest friends, Peter and James and John, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Even to death. Jesus was being crushed with the burden that, that he, he felt so deeply, he felt like it could kill him. It would kill him. Have you ever had a burden so deep? 
that you didn't think you could bear them? Probably you have. That's what Jesus was facing. That's what Jesus was facing. Now this should have alarmed his apostles because they probably had never seen Jesus like this before. Uh, maybe they just couldn't comprehend the, the emotional turmoil and agony that the, that the master was going through at this time. Jesus said to his three closest friends, Remain awake and pray with me. And then he went a little further into the garden to pray by himself. Now when he went into the garden further, the scripture says he, he fell on his face and prayed. He fell on his face and prayed. The only time in scripture where we find Jesus prostrate as he was praying is, is in the garden of Gethsemane. Uh, this shows us the emotional distress was in. But in that emotional distress, he prayed out of deepest intimacy with his father. And he said, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Now, Jesus knew nothing was impossible with the father. Uh, if there was any other way, Jesus is saying, let this cup pass from me. Tyndall commentary uh, Dick France wrote this, The issue is not whether or not Jesus should accept the Father's purpose, but whether that purpose need include the horrifying cup of vicarious suffering or whether there was some other way. The cup represented the cross, and it represented the truth that Jesus would bear the sins of the world as he died on the cross. All of our sins would be placed on Jesus. And Jesus would suffer the wrath of God being poured out on himself because of our sins. As the scripture said, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Some translations say to be a sin offering for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was suffering in himself the penalty. He was going to suffer in himself the penalty that we deserve for our sins. That every person deserved for their sins. And Jesus was asking the question that people ask every day in our culture, in our world. Is there any other way for people to be forgiven and saved than me taking their sin and suffering on the cross? Christians are accused continually with the, with the question, why do you think uh, Jesus is the only way to be saved, the only way to have a relationship with God? Why are you Christians so narrow in that? Why do you think salvation is through Jesus alone? Why do you think all these other religions are wrong about salvation? That's, that's the question Jesus was asking. Father, if it's possible, if there is any other way, then me bearing the sins of the world on the cross, let this cup pass from me. But Jesus qualified his request, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. If there is another way for people to be saved, Jesus said, I don't want to bear the sins of the world on the cross. But the answer came back, there's no other way. There's no other way for anyone's sins to be forgiven except what Jesus did for us. 
except what Jesus did for every person when he bore their sins. The scripture says he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. You see, for people's sins to be forgiven, Jesus had to drink from this cup. It had to happen. He returned to his disciples after he prayed the first time. Had spent, you know, probably around an hour. You know, we know there are no exact kind of measurements in the scripture. But he he said to his disciples when he went back. uh, He said to them, could you not keep watch with me for one hour? On the night that Jesus needed his friends the most. They failed him the worst. But also they were failing to prepare themselves for the biggest test, the biggest temptation they would ever face to that point in their lives. And so Jesus directed the question to Peter. It says, Jesus said to Peter, he asked Peter, could you not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Couldn't you keep awake for one hour? Didn't you see how disturbed I am? Have you, as a friend, ever shared with you a burden and you just kind of fluff it off? And you don't realize how it's truly affecting them? Uh, Jesus said, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Jesus told them that they better watch and pray so they would not enter temptation. They had better prepare now for the battle ahead or they were going to blow it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, Jesus said. The term flesh has the idea of more than just the physical body. It does include that. But really, as you, read, as you look here and you look in Paul's writings, the flesh is a term that, that kind of means everything we are outside of Jesus. It's that part of our nature that you know, does, does evil, even when we in our own spirits and minds want to do good. It's that part of us that that wants to be in charge, that doesn't want God to tell us what to do. It's that part that all of us struggle against us. Um, and, And you see, this sinful nature, this flesh within them... Yeah, they, they wanted to do what's right, but the sinful nature was winning the battle in their lives on that night. You see, we can never win spiritual battles in the power of the flesh. We have to win them in the power of the Spirit. Well, Jesus left them again, and he went to pray. And his prayer was a little bit different the second time. It was again addressed to his Father. And we should also, Jesus also taught us to pray to his Father. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father who art in heaven. We're not praying to some impersonal force or false God. We pray to our Father who makes us his children through faith in Jesus. Jesus prayed to his Father. We should pray to our Father. Uh, And Jesus prayed this time, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. If this cannot pass, Jesus is realizing that in doing the Father's will, he's going to have to drink this cup. Jesus realized this cup is not meant to be taken from him. He must drink it if men and women and boys and girls are to be saved. Jesus is becoming emotionally prepared to drink this cup. Luke tells us that he was in such an emotional state that he sweat drops of blood. There's actually a medical term for that. I think it's hematidrosis. And and it happens very rarely. 
He sweat drops of blood. He's in such an emotional state. And he prays and he's sweating drops of blood. He's in this emotional state. And then after he's done praying the second time, he returns to his three closest friends. And he finds them sleeping once again. And they don't even know what to say to Jesus. And I don't think you and I would either. But Jesus needed still more time to prepare. So he went and prayed one more time. Probably the same thing he had prayed the second time. If this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And somehow after that third session of prayer, Jesus was ready. Jesus was ready. He was prepared to drink the cup. He was prepared to take the punishment that we deserve for our sins upon himself. He was prepared to bear our sin so we would not have to be punished for our sin. He was prepared to take in himself, in his body, in his human body, the very wrath of God that we deserve for our sin. Jesus was prepared to be the perfect and acceptable sacrifice that would allow all who believe to be justified and made righteous in the sight of God. He was prepared. He returned to his disciples after this third time and they were still sleeping. And then Jesus basically said, well, you might as well sleep now. It's kind of too late to prepare for the temptation that will fall on you that night that you're going to face. It was too late for them to watch and pray with him because he was sorrowful to the point of death. It was too late for them to win the victory over temptations that were going to come to them on that night. And on that night, they would lose the battle with their temptations. But Jesus had already won the battle with his temptations. On this night, Jesus would win and they would lose. Jesus prepared prayerfully and was ready to face what was ahead of him. The disciples did not prepare and they would lose the battle. Well, Jesus must have seen Judas and the mob sent from the high priest coming with their torches to arrest him. Because then he said, see, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. My betrayer is at hand. And that's Gethsemane. And that was the night of prayer. Where the victory for our salvation was actually won. What are some principles we can learn about prayer from this passage from Matthew 26? What can we learn about prayer? First of all, prayer emotionally equips us for life's most difficult challenges. Prayer emotionally equips us for life's most difficult challenges. Now Jesus was in turmoil. We don't like to think of Jesus like this. But Jesus was fully God and fully man. We see the humanity of Jesus here. The cross was ahead of him. And more than the absolute horror of the cross, which is cruel uh, beyond belief in and of itself, was the fact that he was going to bear our sins. He was going to suffer in our place. He was going to be separated from the Father because our sin was placed on him. Somehow, the eternal communion of God the Father and God the Son will be broken as Jesus became our sin bearer. Jesus cried from the cross, My God, my God, why 
have you forsaken me, was not the cry of a deranged man. Jesus would suffer for us, dying in our place, being sacrificed for our sin. He was in turmoil, so he prayed. He prayed even sweating drops of blood. But as Jesus prayed, willingly submitting to the Father's will, Jesus was preparing emotionally for what was ahead. You can see it how he prayed initially. Father, if it's possible, if it's possible. And then the second and third time he seemed to pray, Father, if this cannot be taken from me, your will be done. If it's possible, remove the cup, if it is your will. The second time, if it cannot, and the third time, if it cannot be taken from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus was preparing himself through prayer for this great crisis. Think about that. Now if Jesus, God the Son himself, the very Son of God, had to pray when he faced life's great challenges, do you think we can get by without praying? Do you think we can make it through the great challenges of life without praying? We have to seek God in prayer. We have to realize we need His power. We have to realize we don't have it in ourselves, but He will give us to us. The Scripture says, Not by might, uh, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The Lord will give us the power and the strength to face the great challenges of life. And Jesus was ready emotionally because He prayed. The apostles who did not pray, they would not be emotionally prepared. Maybe they didn't realize what was happening, even though they should have. Jesus had prepared them. But whatever, they did not pray, and they would not be emotionally prepared. When the mob came, Peter acts violently. He uses a sword to cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Most people think he was trying to cut off his head, actually. But he, but he wasn't a good swordsman, so he chopped off his ear. And, and Jesus said, put your sword away. We're not having any of that. Uh, and then after Jesus was arrested, all the apostles were scattered. And Peter trailed behind, but he, didn't get, he wasn't too close. And then we know what happened later, and we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. That's what happened to his apostles, but look at Jesus. Jesus is not out of control. He's not emotionally uh, deranged. Jesus is in perfect control. He says, rise, let us be going. In his trials, he never lashed out in anger. He, 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 oftentimes he didn't even answer the people that were questioning the things that he had done. Only when he was put under oath by the high priest did he answer. In much of the trials, he was in perfect control. Because prayer emotionally equips us for life's most difficult challenges. You see, when you take your burdens and your sorrows and your emotional turmoil to the Lord, then He can help you deal with it. He can help you deal with it. You know, don't you find it kind of amazing that Jesus had this emotional reaction to what was happening? I mean, He was in turmoil. But he took it to the Father. And when he went through the crisis, he dealt with it as all of us would expect him to deal with it. There's nothing wrong with emotional turmoil and depression in our lives and the things that we face. 
Those things happen to all human beings. But what do you do with it? Do you take it to the Lord and say, Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, help me. See, that's what we got to do. And when we cry out to Him to help us, He will help us. Secondly, not only does prayer emotionally equip us for life's most difficult challenges, prayer empowers us to fulfill God's will in extreme circumstances. This was the greatest test of Jesus' life. All the pent-up hostilities of Jesus' enemies would come out on that night. All the forces of hostile religious leaders would come out against him. Then the force of the world's most powerful government would come against him. There would be those who would call out when Jesus was nailed to the cross, come down from there and prove to us you're the Son of God. None of the extreme circumstances would keep Jesus from doing God's will because he was ready. Prayer had prepared him to fulfill God's will. He was ready. The extreme circumstances that would bring out the best in Jesus because he was ready... The extreme circumstances brought out the very worst in the closest is in his closest apostles who had not prayed. You know, that, that's going to happen to us if we don't take our burdens to the Lord when, when we need to take them to the Lord, if we think we can handle them ourselves. It'll bring out the worst in us, not the best. You see, prayer empowers us to do God's will. How do you think people face the persecution that they face? Do you think they have the strength in themselves? When you read stories about people who are persecuted, uh, either in, in ancient history or even in our day, how do they do it? There was a Nigerian pastor who was killed by Boko Haram. I think I'm saying that right. I might not be. His, they, if he would have denied Christ, he, he would have lived, but he didn't, and he died. He was killed by these terrorists. How does that happen? It happens because... We look to God and not to ourselves. You know, oftentimes you think and I think, well, if I was persecuted like that, I don't know if I can handle it. Well, no, we can't handle it. We couldn't handle it. But God in his power will give us the strength at that time if we look to him and as we look to him. That's how Christians all throughout history have handled uh, fulfilling God's will in extreme circumstances. Prayer empowers us to fulfill God's will in extreme circumstances. And finally, prayer enables us to meet and defeat life's greatest temptation. This was the greatest temptation of Jesus as alive. Now, Jesus faced temptation all through his life like you and I. We read about the temptations where he, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and the, and the enemy came to him and tempted him. Uh, and he didn't sin there. But this was the greatest temptation that he ever faced. Uh, Matt, Craig Blomberg writes this, Matthew simultaneously reveals both Jesus' complete temptability in his human nature and his complete obedience. Jesus, even as the perfect man, was tempted, but he did not sin. He did not sin. The apostles didn't pray that night They didn't pray that they wouldn't enter into temptation. And when they were tempted, they blew it. But the greatest temptation ever faced by any person, Jesus faced, and he was victorious over that. 
You see, the temptation that Jesus faced is far greater than anything you and I will ever face in this life. And Jesus overcame. He overcame. And Jesus has promised us to help us when we are tempted. He promises that He will help us. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. And then look at verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, he knows the temptations that you're going to face. And you can't approach the one who knows the deepest temptations, one like you'll never face, and you can find grace and mercy to help you in your time of need. Are you facing the greatest trial of your life? Are you facing temptations you never thought you might face? Jesus understands. And you can boldly approach His throne for mercy and help in time of need, and you will receive it. Prayer enables us to meet and defeat life's greatest temptations. You see, I want to say to you this, this, this morning, the prayers of those who believe and trust in Jesus truly makes a difference. Truly makes a difference. Prayer moves the hand of God, and sometimes you will see miraculous things happen. Sometimes prayer enables you to be emotionally stable during my life's most difficult challenges. Prayer empowers us to fulfill God's will in extreme circumstances. And prayer enables us to meet and defeat life's greatest temptations. Prayer is not magic, not seeking to control the cosmic powers of the universe. Prayer always seeks to understand and surrender to the will of God. Knowing that God's will is always good and pleasing and perfect. Prayer makes a difference. I probably have told you the story of my sister Sally. Sally was born on August 20th, 1954. And uh, sent her home from the hospital and assumed she was doing well. But not long after, my aunt noticed that she looked really yellow. And something was not right. And so my aunt encouraged my parents to take her to, uh, to a pediatrician. And they took it to their doctor. And he didn't know what was going on. He, rec- he, uh, he sent them to a new young pediatrician uh, in town, Dr. Cagle. And Dr. Cagle, as he examined her, knew something was seriously wrong. And I don't know if he discovered it or he sent her to Baptist Hospital in Oklahoma City, and they discovered it, but they discovered that my sister had been born without a bile duct. And you got to have a bile duct. Your, your, the bile in your liver has to drain out. And so, so Dr. Cagle, I think he had heard that there was a, a, a new surgery that had given some hope to children born without this, because before there was no cure. And in fact, I had a cousin that was born about 10 years before my sister 
who died when he was two or three months old because of this same condition. Uh, there was no known cure, but, but this new surgery, they said, could possibly, possibly help. But they still told my parents, even with the surgery, my sister had less than a 10% chance of survival. That was the dilemma they were facing. You know, my dad told me years later, you know, every, I knew my sister had this surgery. I mean, they didn't have arthroscopic surgery back then. She had scars all over her stomach from this surgery in 1954. Everybody knew about it, but they, they never, it was a long time before they kind of told me the story. And my dad told me years later, he said, he and my mom prayed. Father, we pray that you will heal Sally. But no matter what happens, we will serve you with our lives. And I got a bossy older sister because of that. You see, prayer makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference. I know that prayer makes a difference. Sometimes we pray for things and God answers and we let the enemy snatch that away from us. Maybe you need to write down when God answers your prayers because I'm convinced he he does so often. Sometimes you'll get a miracle. You'll need something and and you'll get a miracle. Other times you won't get the circumstances changed, but you will know the overwhelming presence and power of God that's going to help you to go what you're going through. Since in prayer, sincere prayer is not meaningless, it's not powerless, it's not words in the wind. True prayer moves the heart of God. God's Holy Spirit provides overcoming power to believers in Jesus who pray. Do you need someone to pray for you today? Do you need to talk to someone about anything going on in your life? Do you need to talk to someone about what it means? Uh, to be a Christian, to be a child of God. Grace and Jason are going to be back there today talking with people, praying with people. And, you know, besides the people that we set aside, there are a lot of people in this church that pray. And we'd be willing to pray with anybody that needs prayer today. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can pray. That we can pray and that you hear Almighty God, you don't have to hear us. But you do because we approach you through the name of Jesus, the one who saves us from our sin. The one whose sacrifice was the acceptable sacrifice. And Father, we don't come in our own merit. We would not dare come to you in our own merit. We come to you through Jesus and the shed blood uh, that washes away our sins. And we come to you in his name. And we ask you to move in power among us. We ask you to help us not depend on our own strength when we're going through very difficult things. We ask you to help us to look to you and know that when we do look to you, even as we, as we sometimes don't even know how to talk to you about it, sometimes don't even know how to say the right words when we pray, we know that when we look to you, you help us, you pray for us, your spirit intercedes for us. We know, Lord Jesus, that, that you are able to save completely those who come to God through you because you always live to intercede for us. 
And we thank you for this. Lord, I pray for those who are going through difficult things today. I pray that you would strengthen them and empower them and guide them in in the things that they're dealing with. I pray for anyone here today that's never trusted you with their life. Lord, maybe there's nobody here like that. But if there's even one, if there's more than one, I pray that today would be the day that they would give their lives to you, Lord Jesus, and believe and be saved. Would you move in our midst in a mighty way? In Jesus' name, amen.